week's episode of From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. It's April. Welcome to Tuesday, April 2nd. We've all successfully made it through April Fool's Day, which I think is the dumbest day of the year. And we have come out on the other side here on April 2nd. Uh, Officially, it it can't be more down the stretch than right now uh, as far as playoffs are concerned. And so we've got an exciting show for you today. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the league correspondent here at the AHL Report. And of course, this show wouldn't be complete without my fabulous co-host, our founder and our editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports Media across all of our brands, and that would be Mr. Rick Stevens. Welcome. April Fool's, you mean mean that Oliver Ekman Larson isn't actually going to be on The Bachelor? You know... I, I don't pay attention to April Fool's Day because I think it's stupid. And so when that news was, was so graciously read to me, I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's a bad PR move. It came out from Arizona, did it not? It, it was on their account, I, don't I believe, know. on their Twitter account. I don't know. I know Anthony DeClaire was looking, for, looking forward to it because he, uh, yeah, he tweeted it. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be so disappointed. Like what a like, honestly, what a PR nightmare that would be for a team. Oh, and yeah. how exactly do you how do you train how do you train over the summer if you're if you're filming The Bachelor? You'd be like, yeah, well, you can be you can either have hockey or you can do that. Maybe Anthony Declare should go on the show because hockey doesn't seem to be his thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how's everyone doing today? <laughs> kind of, did you wait? Are you the one who had coffee today? <laughs> no, no, no. But do, do you have another pot of coffee? But I do have, I uh, I do have a Coke here, just to open. Oh. And, and this week, you know, top So if if we did, it was a while ago. So I've got snacks. I've got some smart food, um, and a Coke. Wow. Show. Mm-hmm. Well, where's mine? I got water I here. You guys, you have different snacks. You have different snacks in the States. I know. We do. We do. Some are better. Some we wish that Canada would send us. Old Dutch? But no, I... Old Dutch are good. Arebas. Ketchup chips. All dressed. All dressed. Do you like those all dressed? All dressed. I like the all dressed. The ketchup chips, not so. Uh, like, uh, eh, they're okay, but the all dressed is better. Mm. Arebas, yes. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a lot of snacks. But you know like. what you could be having today for your snack for, the, for the show? Ooh. It, it is, according to the National Day calendar, uh, National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day today. Oh, really? Yeah, I love a good PB and J. Maybe I'm gonna have that. Might have to be my snack later today. Like In Quebec, we have a, uh, peanut butter and uh, confiture. <laughs> I don't eat no confiture. <laughs> PB I could eat peanut J butter day. every day. Every day I could eat peanut butter, but I don't do the peanut butter and jelly thing. Just don't. I think it was I when I was, good... I was a kid. There was there was you could get it in the same jar, peanut butter and jelly. Oh, and my yeah, mom got it, it no. once, and it just oh. kind of turned me off the whole 
thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't. You no. can't do that. No. And well, a bit of a purist where it, where that goes because I like the natural peanut butter. The, the, ugh, I am a gif not the girl. Pe- not the, no, not the peanut spread that is nothing but sugar. Just the just peanuts, you know. I'm such a healthy guy. Uh, just peanuts in <laughs> peanut butter. So it's Admit a pain it. at the beginning. Admit it. When that you open the jar butter. and it's half oil and half peanuts and you got you to get a cement that? mixer to mix the two together. But No. Uh, no. It's a heck of a mess, but admit but it. The it. only reason you eat all natural peanut butter is to make up for your chip <laughs> consumption. Bacon chips and all the rest of it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all or right. in and today's fries. case, smart food. Smart fries food. and gravy. Uh-huh. Mm. Damn it. What this why does this podcast make me hungry every day? All right, so it's peanut butter and jelly focus, day. Because you you need to carry this show today, so you need to keep focus. No snacks. Yeah, I just got. I have water. No coffee for me today. Apparently, I was I was pretty amped last week on my coffee, so I've decided to give everyone a bit of a break <laughs> this week. There was some um, pretty good barbecue in the press box this past weekend. I tell you that. There was. And we'll tell you later in the show where we got to eat that good barbecue. But it was, I'm not too shy to say that I might have had seconds. Pulled pork barbecue, mac and cheese, cornbread, coleslaw. Stop it, Mr. Stevens. So peanut butter and jelly day today. Are there any other exciting days of the week that that we have to... uh, um, well, you can celebrate National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day, or the alternative is National Ferret Day. So I didn't even mention that one. Yeah, I was my one of my roommates in college. Her boyfriend had a pet ferret, so the ferret visited our dorm room all the time. Ran around like ferrets run around. And tomorrow is tomorrow is National Tweed Day, which um, you know seems what? to be celebrated by certain uh, play-by-play guys in the in the press box uh, all year round. Yeah, you know they're not they're mentioning really any names, tweed. but no National not Tweed Day. Yeah, National <clears throat> Tweed Day. I have something to add to your National Day. Oh. Go, on a, on a serious note, on a serious note, um, I hope all any and all of you, if you're wearing blue today, either on purpose or by accident, that's a good thing because today is National Autism Awareness Day. Uh, so you wear blue in support of National Autism Awareness Day. Um, and uh, we actually did this at my office today. Uh, and so, of course, in celebration, you know, you can partake in anything blue related, you know, like eat blueberry muffins or blueberry pie or all sorts of things. Uh, anything wow. blue to help raise awareness for autism awareness. Um, it's a condition that affects a lot of families uh, all over the world and um, are some pretty remarkable people. Um, and so just wanted to make a note of that, but Hey, that's a great excuse. cause. You're a pie. It is. And you're a pie guy. So I figured blueberry pie might be. It's a great excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Great <laughs> excuse, actually. 
but this is particularly I, good. And I, I know there's some establishments that that um, put blue lights on on this day. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Blue lights. I don't. Um, the Empire State Building does sometimes. I don't know if they're going to this year or not. I would imagine they would. Um, CN Tower. Oh, do they? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Nice. That is very good. See now, and well, see, and now I'm torn because uh, last week we talked. We, we had we had my inane poll of the day, the pencil debate that we had last week, which I can uh, proudly say that 68% of those polled on Twitter uh, prefer the traditional number two pencil over the 29% who prefer the mechanical. <laughs> okay, nice. 3%, 3% chose other with one person replying to my poll emphatically saying that she uses only a Ticonderoga soft lead number one. That's specific. It's very specific. So uh, those those very very good responses there. So I you know I, I I'm like okay this this could be a thing. So my inane poll of the day today was our it's ready to go. You know we're talking about the blue and the blueberries and all that kind of stuff. So I was got you know could have my inane poll of the day of you know what your favorite pie flavor is. But now I might also have to have the what's your favorite flavor of jelly for your PB and J. Grape isn't the only yeah. option. Grape so, or strawberry or raspberry, marmalade. I don't know. Peach. I, don't... I ho- would someone please tell me who eats orange marmalade, and why is it? My dad. <laughs> There's one. Seriously? Yeah, serious. On on what toast? Yep. Yep. Orange marmalade. Mm-hmm. All right. I've noticed though that it's, orange marmalade. It's awful. Like, I've tried it. It's awful. You get the little. Well, it's got like pieces of sour orange yeah. rind in it, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it's like, awful. Who, who wants to? <laughs> All right. Well, keep keep an eye out on uh, on my Twitter on my Twitter feed. I'll have a poll of some sort of food item. It'll be fun. We'll talk about the results of it next week because the pencil poll was so popular. Fabulous debate last week. Uh, but today we have a jam-packed show, which is why Rick is over there juicing up on the Coke uh, to get caffeinated. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, as we mentioned last week, Laval played three games last week. Um, and boy, did they play three games last week. We're going to talk about how those went down. <laughs> um, and uh, there's also plenty, oh, roster movement for the Love Out Rocket in the last seven days. So we're going to talk about the comings and goings and who's staying and who's not and who's playing and who's not and why. And my goodness, it's just a bit of a whirlwind over there as far as the transactions go. Uh, and then we're going to go around the AHL. We'll talk about the player of the week and the players uh, for the month of March give a brief update on the playoff picture. There's a number of teams who clinched a playoff berth in the last week. Uh, Have some news about the Boston Bruins, Providence Bruins affiliation. Uh, Talk about uh, a player that hit a pretty nice uh, AHL career milestone this week. And we're going to give you an update on mascot madness, which is happening right now. We talked about that last week and kind of tell you where the standings are with mascot madness. And then in the final segment, we're going to go beyond the 
uh, beyond the AHL, we're going to talk about someone who's being honored by the QMJHL um, and also give a quick recap of how things went in the NCAA uh, regional tournaments that happened over the weekend uh, and how all of those results shape up for what is going to be an exciting Frozen Four tournament that's coming up uh, in just about a week and a half uh, from now in Buffalo, New York. So, phew. We got a lot to cover today. It is. Busy show. Busy time of year. So, Rick, I guess the first thing we'll do is start with those three games for Laval. So let's just run down a little bit. You know, we said last week, okay, there are people who were holding on to a glimmer of a hope that, that Laval could pot. They were still mathematically in the race. It could still happen. They needed to win, 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 win. And so we said, okay, Wednesday night, Binghamton's coming to Laval. They are the second worst team in the league. They've lost their last nine or ten games. Uh, they could get – it should be a, a relatively easy win for them to get two points, and that will help them uh, take some momentum into the weekend where they're going to have two pretty tough matchups on the road in Rochester against the Americans and in Toronto against the Marlies. So Binghamton came to town on Wednesday night and Laval lost five to one. Hmm. Uh, played a pretty terrible game. Uh, nobody looked good. Uh, Rob Ramage, um, I'm, I'm sure his emotions were swinging at both ends of the spectrum um, between the performance of Laval and the fact that his son, John Ramage, who plays for the Binghamton Devils, was first star of the night, getting in fights, scoring a couple of goals, and pretty much running roughshod over the Laval Rocket. Um, Not a pretty outing at all. Um, Offense was, I mean, who who scored the only goal? Uh, In the third period, Daniel Audette, scored a power play goal and that was the only offense they could muster um, all night. In fact, uh, they only put up 22 shots on goal in the entire game. Um, goal 10 to Connor LaCouve. Again, not, not sure why Connor LaCouve was starting and he did not look good. Not at all. Um, so I'll just quickly go over the scores for the other two games. Um, then they went to Rochester on he, Friday he, where... He, he, before you jump ahead to that, um, sure. one of the things that, that just with respect to this game, John Ramage, yes, uh, he, he clearly got under the skin of, of Laval. Um, his, his hit, I mean, he's a solid player. His hit on Vedamo was a oh, clean yes, hit. And I think that. anyone who, who uh, witnessed it would say it was a clean hit, solid hit. It shook Vedamo. He, um, he went off. Um, and, um, but then the entire game was about the, the, the Laval rocket completely abandoned, um, any kind of game plan. Uh, yeah. they completely abandoned, uh, you know, generating offense. It was all let's target John Ramage. It was a very immature, uh, approach, uh, mm-hmm. Joel, uh, Bouchard, uh, he just railed on the referee as if as if it was a bad call. He later admitted after the game, I guess when he saw the replay, uh, that that uh, that it was the, the, there was nothing wrong with the hit. But his kind of tone set the tone for his bench. 
Um, and he said afterwards, yeah, well, that's what happens when you have such a young team, except it wasn't the, it wasn't the younger players, um, the, the, that were going after and, and, um, and losing their minds. It was players like Grenier and Belzeal just, he was, Belzeal was out of control. Unhinged. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was the veterans that, that just lost it with respect to John Ramage and, um, and, and clearly cost the team, uh, cost Laval this game. Um, so it was in such an important game uh, against uh, a terrible team. Binghamton had come in uh, losers of 10 straight, something like that. Um, and uh, uh, it was a meltdown for Lavelle um, and, and, uh, you know, uh, in part led by their, their coach, their emotional coach that rubbed off. And, and obviously um, it, the, the whole game was a disaster. And, and well, that set the tone for uh, the, the rest of the week. Absolutely. And, and, and sure, um, you know, Lucas Vedemo, very shaken going, going off the ice, didn't re- it was in the first period when that happened. He didn't return. He hasn't played um, in, the, in the following two games since then. Um, he was very wobbly going off. The, so sh- it, it's okay. So, so you, you defend a teammate if you think maybe it was a bad hit. As you say, it wasn't. But let's also remember that this is the same coach who during rookie camp this year laid into his team on more than one occasion, pounding it into their heads how important sticking up for teammates physically is when hits happen on the ice. Uh, That would have been Joel Bouchard who did that in the fall. Um, there were a couple of different instances where, where during the rookie tournament um, players, players were hit or, or gone after. And he made sure that he let the team and people in the media know that he expects his team to then basically throw down and stick up for their other players. So the fact, so you're right in, in saying that he set the tone for the rest of the game. Obviously, uh, this team is is programmed to think like that, um, and as you say, just it was re- there were some really reckless uh, plays. There were um, Morgan Adams Moisan went careening after a guy into the corner way late, way after the puck had had already left the area. Um, really dangerous stuff, and and yeah, they lost sight of what they needed to do, which was to get two desperately needed points and they got none. And let's, let's be clear that there's, there's nothing wrong with standing up for a teammate who, not at all, you know, uh, and, and, and in this case, it didn't really apply because as, as everybody's acknowledged, it wasn't a, um, it wasn't a dirty hit at all. It was a clean hit, but there's nothing wrong with standing up for uh, a teammate. However, uh, when you take that to the extreme and and uh, play reckless and and your only um, you know reason for being on the ice is to to target <laughs> another player, um, that's just that's that's irresponsible. It is, and as you say, it set the tone for the rest of the weekend against two teams that they knew were going to be much more difficult to defeat than Binghamton. And they could only muster a goal against Binghamton. And sure enough, they went into Rochester on Friday night 
Uh, he went back to McNiven in net, who, uh, to his credit, uh, uh, did his best job to keep the game tight. Um, Laval came out okay in the first period, but then second period, let's, let's just talk about the shots in the second period for a second here. The shots were 20 to one for Rochester in the middle frame. I didn't stutter. Not a type 20, 20, 20 shots on goal as opposed to one, one single shot on goal. And that shot on goal didn't happen until I think there was four and a half minutes left in the period. Um, just an awful effort against Rochester. Uh, Rochester beat them four to two. Um, the only positive thing I think you could take from that game was that Laval went two for three on the power play. Um, both, uh, both goals by Alex Belzile. Um, but, but let me so, flip that a bit. Let me yeah. flip that a bit. Uh, okay. three games. Yeah. They played three. Laval played three games, zero goals at even strength, zero goals in three games, five on five. Uh, the true. one goal they got against Binghamton was power play two against Rochester were power play and they, they were shut out, um, uh, against the Marley. So zero power play, uh, zero five on five goals, um, for All the, week. that three game stand. Uh, that's terrible. It is. And as, as Rick just mentioned, then they turn around and play a terrible game in Rochester. They lose four to two, uh, head to Toronto, play a night game in Toronto, uh, La Cuvée back in net again. And, uh, not only do they get shut out by Toronto three to nothing, they get shut out on a hat trick by Chris Mueller scoring his 30th, 31st and 32nd goals of the season. Um, really just top to bottom, left to right, east to west, north to south. Not it's, it's obvious that this team, no matter what they were saying earlier in the day. And here's the funny thing. Um, let me actually find it. Um, I can find it. Uh, we had talked last week about how, you know, people were saying there was so much buzz about, oh, but there's still hope. There's still hope. There's still hope. So those things were being echoed again on Wednesday. In fact, um, I think they, there were, there were, there were reports coming out that Xavier Wallet had been saying in the locker room that day before the Binghamton game that, um, no, the guys in the room, they still, they still really believe and they still really believe it's going to happen. And, um, they just have to keep working. And, and we, like we said last week, you know, okay, if, if you need to keep that kind of, um, spirit up in the locker room so that you can get some, some wins for pride, that's okay. But it became like the media buzz as well. And I'm, I'm, it was towards the beginning of the third period in that Binghamton game. And Doug Gallivan tweets, I read today that the Laval Rocket were surging and the team believed they had what it takes to make a late push and squeak into the AHL playoffs. So I watched the game tonight. After two periods against the last place team in their division, I can report, nope. <laughs> and that unfortunately became... <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I was, I, I even reached out to Rick and I said, Oh, someone else besides us is finally saying that. Um, we've been saying that for a long time that no, especially with that kind of performance. Um, they're all one more loss this week and they're uh, mathematically eliminated from, from a playoff, uh, 
hope. It's, it's just, if, if they needed anything last week, they needed at least one win, if not all three, and they got none. Um, and, and you could tell Rick, the players looked, I don't want to say disinterested, but they looked disorganized. Um, they were sloppy. They weren't focused on the right things. Um, and they just didn't seem to have the hunger. They really didn't. I think, I think, I think it's setting in that, that the season's going to be ending for them in two weeks. And it uh, just to emphasize, you know, they they aren't creating offense at all, uh, five on Mm-mm. five. Um, but the the Marlies have been moving steadily up the the standings uh, into a playoff position. Uh, we we all, we all remember at the beginning of the year when they lost uh, the two goalies that uh, in both McElhaney and and and. Uh, Pickard, who they expected would would uh, be the the tandem this year, they lost both uh, as they were plucked off of waivers, and their goaltending has really struggled until mm-hmm. Michael Hutchinson until the trade was made for Michael Hutchinson, and he's been phenomenal. Um, yeah, fourteen four and two record, and 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 a big part of the reason that um, the the Marlies are in the playoff position they're in now. However. On Saturday, when when um, Laval faced them, uh, he was given the, he was given a rest. Um, yeah, and it was Casasco. Ka- uh, I can't I can never say that name. Casimir Casasco. Who is who is struggled mightily all year long. Um, he's he's had a, a really tough uh, a run of it. Um, and you know, is is save percentage below nine hundred? Is is goals against is above three? Um, and and he shut out Lavelle. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 really difficult to see because uh, so so much was expected of this team. So much was promised. Um, you know, you had uh, uh, someone with. Uh, 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 both the experience of a, a coach and a general manager coming in uh, from junior hockey, who was supposed to turn this club around. He preached about development is shelved. We're winning this. There, there's nothing but going, there's going to be winning. We're going to be a, a, a Calder contender. Uh, all of these promises. And there's been no improvement. In fact, um, you know, uh, Last year they finished 31st in the league. This year they're going to finish 27th. The 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 the, the points are marginal, but it's it's what Man. what has happened. They've been um, they haven't been as 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 uh, well. The, the Canadians have been mostly healthy this year, so they haven't been calling up players. And the nope. the as we've said before, the Rocket have been the the beneficiaries of getting uh, quite a few players with NHL experience. Um, mm-hmm. For most of the year, uh, there's really no no excuse, and particularly um, with the offense just not being there at all. It's it's uh, um, you know the the whole roster was turned over, the players were handpicked, and um, it was done without. I understand it it was done without a a, a, a you know a, a person that had uh, pro coaching experience. Um, but obviously, and let's hope the, the whole, that whole approach is, uh, and strategy is going to be, uh, tossed or at least, um, 
really reevaluated this year uh, as they look to put together a team uh, for next year. And I know that there's all of the, you know, just as there are, my goodness, plenty of people who, who will find no fault in anything Mark Bergevin does, uh, there, that, that apparently is rubbing off for Laval as well as far as, you know, Joel Bouchard can do no wrong. Um, and that's not to say we're not out to vilify Joel Bouchard. In fact, we were, we were the ones who said at the beginning, we were a little apprehensive about these coaching decisions, but we'd like to be proven wrong. We would love nothing more than to be proven wrong. Um, and there are plenty of people who are saying, but they are better this year. Look at their record. Well, like Rick just said, come on. I mean, a handful of points in, in a still losing season in which most of the season they were playing below 500 for their winning percentage is not a leaps and bounds improvement. Um, particularly, as Rick just mentioned, they were working with a healthier roster, uh, health uh, and, and a fuller roster as far as NHL experience and a fuller roster in terms of not having call-ups because the Canadians were healthy. They didn't have to tap the ECHL nearly as often as, as they've had to do in the past. Um, yeah. So. And decisions were being made with winning in mind, not development. So where where in the past development decisions have been made, have been the priority uh you yeah. might put somebody in the lineup uh because it's good for their development this year it was all about winning so uh, development took a, a back seat and and those players were scratched and and uh and the focus is, was on winning and and the the problem is you got neither you didn't get development you didn't get wins um so i would uh, having watched this friend, this uh, you know affiliate for a long time, um, this was a, a much worse season in my estimation than than last season. Speaking of who's being benched, who's not playing, thing. It was an interest, interesting to note that we mentioned last week that uh, Thomas Ebbing was back, uh, signed to a PTO. Um, Ebbing played Friday night in Rochester and then he sat in the press box again so that Mark Olivier Waugh and Morgan Adams Moisang could come back in the lineup. That to me, huge head scratcher there. Huge, huge head scratcher there. You're putting a guy who's had plenty of AHL. He played a, a large number of games with Laval last year. Um, Put him in the lineup. You sign him to a PTO, put him in the lineup. Um, also, Saturday night, we should mention uh, that that 3-0 shutout in Toronto was a debut uh, for a new player. Josh Brooke um, made his debut on Saturday night, Rick. Um, and we had a lot of people ask us how he looked. Um, it was hard to judge in that game. <laughs> To be fair, yeah, hard, it's yeah hard. it was. Uh, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, you know, it's hard to judge when the team plays so poorly. It's hard to really uh, assess how well a guy does in his in his first game. Um, but he did okay. And what what I like is, uh, we saw that even uh, in the rookie turn, his poise. Um, he doesn't look. Um, 
frazzled to use a, an Eric Ingalls expression. Um, hmm. uh, he, he looked, uh, it didn't really phase him. Um, you know, of course the, the, uh, couple of weeks, uh, able to come in and, um, you know, uh, learn the system and practice uh, for a couple of weeks with the team. And, and so he wasn't because the, the, the has this policy that, that they don't put anyone in, um, you know, and they're, they're just there to learn first. And then, and then after a couple of weeks of learning the system and indoctrination and, and really getting familiar, then, then they go in, right. Am I, do I have that correct? Yes. Except with Josh Brook, because he just came in and played. He didn't do any of those things. Well, um, but but it's no, a wait. Different story with Caden Primo. Apparently, Caden uh, Primo you, can't play because he has to learn the system and he has to, you know, figure out how the power play works and he has to understand the breakouts and the zone entries and and Caden Primo needs to know that as a goaltender. Apparently, this which is why we're not going to see him. Uh, but Josh Brook didn't have to learn all, any of those things. He just uh, he just came up and played played pretty well. No, that's not that can't possibly be that. Yeah, one just, thing applied just, for one just and not for the other. Kind of pointing out comically the the contradictions the contradictions uh, in in the the announcements and the things that are said. Well, but that's just it. Though. So ev- and everyone, I think this one really caught a lot of people off guard. Everyone was. You know, oh, Caden Primo's going to come. Oh, Caden Primo's going to come. We're going to see what he's got. We're going to see what he's doing. And then suddenly it's, nope, he's there to learn. And that's all because, oh, and what was it? He's tired. <laughs> yeah. Why is this a new excuse that these, these 18 and 19-year-olds are, are really, really well, tired? He's played what? Not even 40 games? But I don't, it, it's it's kind of Irrelevant. You, you t- talk to a 19-year-old, you're going to get a chance to play your first pro game. Are you tired? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, although, now, and I realize the Canadians are in a different uh, position because they've, they're still in the hunt for that playoff spot. Um, but we should mention that Ryan Paling also uh, was eliminated from um, – NCAA action uh, over the weekend, and he has signed his entry-level contract as well, but he's reporting right to the Canadians, correct? Indeed he is. Um, uh, and, uh, but not expected to play? But not expected to play. Um, Bridgman said that he's not expected to play. Um, although, you know, over the last couple of games the Canadians are the last game anyway against Winnipeg the Canadians had um, Nicholas Delory and, and Matthew Peck in the lineup um, <laughs> and both looked terrible absolutely terrible after sitting out uh, for about 13 14 15 games uh, in the press box mm-hmm. when they came back in they were terrible so can't imagine that that uh, paling would be any worse um, but now Paul Byron's back in and and uh, and uh, yes, Barry Kakanemi has been been given another chance. So uh, those those players will play tonight. Now, if the Canadians are uh, eliminated from the playoffs, which uh, they're holding on to that playoff hope by a pretty thin thread, perhaps we'll see Paling um, uh, for a game or two, uh, but uh, not tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
Can I just say that Nicolas Delorier looks horrible even if he hasn't sat for 13 or 14 games? Oh, yeah. Am I, no, he, he's am I, been terrible. Am I allowed to say that he, out loud? <laughs> yeah, he's been terrible since uh, January of Always. 2018. Yes, <laughs> I agree. But I digress. Uh, there are there. Okay, so we've we've Josh Brook has made his debut. Caden Primo is joining uh, Laval, but not expected to play. He's simply there to learn. Um, there have been some other transactions, however. Um, couple of PTO releases, uh, Marco Waugh and Joe Cox were both released from their PTOs. Um, Ryan Culkin, defenseman Ryan Culkin, was returned to the Maine Mariners in the ECHL. However, uh, Felix Martineau was recalled from the Fort Wayne Comets of the ECHL. And two amateur tryouts were signed this week, Matthew Struthers and Samuel Oud. Who we knows know Samuel how many those... from yeah, yeah from uh, uh, last Rookie. year's camp and uh, yeah, from mm. from camp yeah. So how many uh, how which of those of them will will crack the lineup uh, this week? It's not going to be <laughs> this is going to be another. If we thought last week's if you thought last week's week for Laval was going to be challenging, this week's going to be even worse. And we'll uh, we'll tell you why when we get to our weekly preview towards the uh, uh, later on in the show. Um, so with that, that kind of brings you full circle up to date on what's happening with the Laval Rocket. Not a great week last week um, and some just kind of some well, eye-opening things happening with, with the roster and, and things of that nature. But we will uh, we'll be bringing you all of the action throughout the week. They do play three times this week, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. So lots of Laval Rocket action coming your way. Uh, right now, however, we're going to take a quick break. I'm sure Rick wants to get to some of that smart food. So we're going <laughs> to take a quick break, bring you a brief uh, message. And on the other side, when we come back, we're going to take spin around the AHL. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. All right, Rick, it's that time. What do I say every week about the CCM AHL Player of the Week? That it's a player who has recently played the Laval Rocket. Yes. Last week, uh, we got off easy. It was a Western Conference player last week. So, for once, it was not someone that the Laval Rocket had just played. This week, it's also not someone that the Laval Rocket has just played. But it's somebody they're going to play twice this week. 
Hmm. Cleveland Monsters forward Zach Dalpy was the CCM AHL Player of the Week, scoring four goals and an assist in just two games last week as uh, the Monsters are continuing to battle for a spot in the Calder Cup playoffs, um, which we're going to talk about. They're, they're right on the cusp. Uh, in fact, they were in a playoff position and have recently been knocked out of that position. So uh, Dalpy is tied for fourth in the AHL with a career-high 30 goals so far this season, and he leads the Monsters with 50 points in 48 games. So uh, he's going to be one for uh, Laval and fans to watch this week. Uh, Zach Dalpy, CCM AHL Player of the Week. And month. And month. Yes, that's right. Player of the month for the AHL, Zach Dalpy. Goaltender of the month, Alex Nedelkovic. And rookie of the month, Tyler Benson from the Bakersfield Condors. But yes, Rick, Zach Dalpy, not only the player of the week, he ended up being the CCM AHL player of the month. Uh, I think he scored a few goals in the month of March. 12 goals, 16 points in 12 games, and uh, and a plus 12 uh, in the month of March wow. certainly helped uh, the Monsters to, as as they, as you said, battle for a playoff position. Uh, the rookie of the month, Tyler Benson, uh, playing for Bakersfield, uh, he's registered five goals and 13 assists in just 11 games in March, um, and uh, Bakersfield, we've mentioned in the past, had really surged up the standings, and they are the Western Conference leading team. Uh, and so I'm sure performances like Tyler Benson's have really helped them to get there. And Benson and last, is the Benson's the highest scoring uh, rookie at the moment. He's seventh overall oh, yeah? in the in the AHL scoring um, race. Uh, Benson just ahead of Barry Boulet of of uh, Syracuse. Um, a couple oh. points ahead. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, he'll be one to watch uh, in the playoffs for sure. And we're, of course, quite familiar with the CCMHL goaltender of the month, Alex Nedeljkovic from the Charlotte Checkers. Uh, Rick, we've seen him plenty, uh, particularly in the playoffs last year. He was outstanding. Uh, he was. 6-2-1 with a 1.46 goals against average and a 9.45 save percentage, along with two shutouts all in just nine games in the month of March for Charlotte. So I think there's a reason why they're at the... Charlotte's the top team in the, in the AHL. Yeah. There's a reason why (laughs) Mm -hmm. there is a reason why. So looking, uh, if we head over to our playoff primer, um, some more teams have clinched. We've got, we knew that Charlotte had clinched. We knew that Syracuse had clinched. The Rochester Americans have now clinched a playoff berth as have the Chicago Wolves in the Central Division and the Bakersfield Condors in the Pacific Division. So uh, things are starting to really shape up. The North being the only division that has two of its four playoff positions already determined. So that means, Rick, there's a few teams that are vying for those third and fourth spots in the North. Yeah, and you you might say that uh, the Marlies have – have more or less uh, locked in their AA playoff spot, not mathematically, mm-hmm. but, but, but pretty close. Um, then it comes down to uh, Belleville and Cleveland for that fourth, for the last playoff spot um, in, in the North. And they're just a point apart. 
And that's going to cut that part of the reason why we said the Laval is going to have a, a challenging week this week is yes, Cleveland was sitting in that number four position. Belleville has performed well and knocked them out of it. Uh, so Cleveland is just one point back of Belleville. They're going to want these two wins in Laval this week uh, to, to jump leapfrog back over Belleville and, and take control of that fourth position again. Um, so those will be two very good games to watch um, for the Atlantic division. Of course, the checkers, I mean, the checkers are at a hundred points already. Can you believe that? Um, like no one's catching them. It's but Chicago's at 92 and I don't, I, I don't think anyone's going to catch the checkers as far as the points race goes. Um, but it's almost kind of looking like, I don't know um, that those top four teams might be, might be set. I mean, You've got Bridgeport in second place right now, Hershey in third, and the Providence Bruins in fourth. Um, and then it's a five-point spread to go back to fifth place for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms are six points back. So there's a little bit of hope still alive there, I guess, um, but it's going to yeah, be tough. Penguins still have an, an outside shot um, to get that that four spot uh, from the Bruins, just three points back. So uh, the Phantoms are, I think, uh, pretty much out of it. Um, the Central is where I think the most, um, oh, the most, yeah. exciting, watch to, uh, most exciting race to watch with uh, Milwaukee, Texas, and, and Manitoba all vying for that, that final playoff spot. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Milwaukee's got... Um, Milwaukee does not play today, but Manitoba plays Bakersfield today. Um, and, um, actually they play Bakersfield today and tomorrow. So they've got two games against the top team in the Pacific division this week, uh, that they have a chance to, to get an early jump on, on Texas and Milwaukee. So as you say, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch that race, uh, over the next last two weeks here. And of course, Bakersfield, uh, firm grasp on the number one spot in the Pacific, uh, but not far behind them, San Jose Barracuda, San Diego Gulls, and the Colorado Eagles. Um, Tucson Roadrunners are only three points out of a playoff position over there, so they could still maybe uh, make a run for it, but Stockton and And they have a couple of games to make up as well. They have a couple of games ahead. They do. They do. That's true. Um, So that is kind of your playoff update uh it's really coming down the stretch here we've got this week and next week uh to determine who will be in the first round of the calder cup playoffs one thing we do know rick is that the affiliation between the boston bruins and the providence bruins isn't going to change anytime soon in case anyone was wondering (laughs) Uh, They have extended their affiliation for another decade through the 2028-29 season, Um, which, I mean, it makes sense. Geographically, they're close to one another. It seems to work. Um, So probably um, not too much of a surprise, particularly that they that they sign a deal uh, for that long. and it looks like that will continue to be a tradition that, that continues for quite some time uh, up there in New England. Maybe Boston can throw a little bit of money Providence's way. That'd be nice. Saying that just quietly. That'd be, you that'd know, be nice. So that, so that the play-by-play guy can travel. 
so that <laughs> yeah the, the the arena isn't one of the worst ones to visit so that never mind yeah never mind. yeah maybe <clears throat> maybe mm-hmm. Boston Bruins can find it the cockles of their heart not a poor team I know I I don't believe they are I mean they're they're in a building that's named after a bank so you know um <laughs> some good news for a familiar name Rick we there's a kind of um not a not a where are they now but what's happening with them now uh Chris Terry hit a milestone this past week I know and I know these aren't always your favorite milestones but we do need to give him a little bit of congratulations um became the 96th player in AHL history to reach 500 career regular season points. Chris Terry just Chris. continues to to find a way to to generate offense wherever he is and and certainly did that last year um with Laval and um you know in in that respect um Laval misses those kind of players, the Chris Terry's and, and Daniel Carr's and uh, dearly in terms of generating offense, Chris Terry mm-hmm. um, in the top 10 of, of AHL scores this year. Uh, again, uh, he was, of course, again. Uh, he won the scoring title last year. Um, I thought it was uh, um, Chris Terry's mom is kind of a, a, a fun follow on, on Instagram. And she, is. Uh, she, she, of course, uh, on Instagram, uh, recognized her son uh, for his uh, his achievement, uh, his 500th point, and said, um, I think I've seen 499 of those points. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> hey, Mama Terry, where's what happened to the other one? It sounds like a exactly. great story. You know, how, did you, how did you miss one? But anyway, um, it was, yeah, it was nice. Well, congratulations to Chris Terry. Um and for continuing to find success as, as Rick says, no matter where, no matter where you uh, lace up your skates. Mascot madness is continuing. Everyone is gripping the edges of their seats. we mentioned last week that the group a winner was Melvin. The group B winner was Ringo from Texas stars. Uh, that the group C winner was Coco from Hershey from the Hershey bears. Happy to announce the Group D winner was Chubby from the Charlotte Checkers. Little hey, Chubby. I would have voted for Chubby. If I had voted, I would have voted for Chubby. <laughs> Why are, well, you should have voted. <laughs> and Group and Group E, I'm happy to say, was Mr. Audie from the Utica Comets. Well, um, I would have voted for Audie, yeah. too, if I had well, voted. Well, you should have voted. I told you last week to vote. Yeah, gotta get nice. out and vote. So, April body with the comments with the Utica comments. Yeah. So and March thirty first, Charlotte. Charlotte Checkers. Yeah. Uh, group F is the final group. Today is the last day to vote on the final group, and it's between Belly from the Belleville Senators, Skates from the Chicago Wolves, Slapshot from the Colorado Eagles, Gulliver from the San Diego Gulls, Frenzy from the San Jose Barracuda. And Duke from the Toronto Marlies. Uh, Frenzy currently has a solid lead on the voting, uh, followed by Gulliver from San Diego. So I like Frenzy a lot. Sh- Frenzy's pretty good. 
Are you going to vote just, for him? Just because he looks, he looks, you know, he's a uni- another a unique mascot. Am I going to vote? Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so but, that but after means... after this round, then you go to the the finals, right? Maybe I should wait and hold my vote till the finals. Maybe. Okay. Should I do that? So today's the last. Yeah. It, well, yeah. That way you're you're really picking your favorite. If you want to vote today, go to a, go to the ahl.com slash mascot madness. Today's the last day to vote for Group F, one of those mascots that I just named. And then tomorrow, April 3rd through Friday, April 5th, is the finals. And the finals will be between all of those winners I just listed. So Melvin from Lehigh Valley, Ringo from Texas, Coco from Hershey, Chubby from Charlotte, Audie from Utica, and the winner of Group F today, whoever that ends up being. Uh, it's going to be hard. I know. It is, but I know who I'm voting for. Who are you I voting for? Anybody. I can't. Uh, no, I can't You're voting say for Melvin. You're voting for Melvin. Come other on. mascots will be mad, and so I can't. Who I'm voting for. You're voting for Melvin. I'm voting for the guy that got robbed last year. Got robbed. Got robbed. He oh, in the voting, year. yeah. He lo- Melvin yeah. lost. Yeah. Who, who won last year? Oh, I said I was gonna do. <laughs> I said I was gonna do the homework, and I forgot to. <laughs> uh, I didn't do my homework. Next week. <laughs> yeah. Let me actually write it down. 2018 AHL mascot winner. Um, I will find out. I will find out. Um, so make sure you head over to uh, theahl.com slash mascot madness and search and, and cast your vote because um, it really counts. Today's the last day to, to vote. Um, and then the finals start tomorrow. So you don't want to miss it. All right, we're going to take with that on that note, we're going to take one more quick break and when we come back on the other side, we have uh some news from beyond the AHL to talk about right here on from the press box. So, don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. 
Rick, we're all full of familiar names in this week's episode, and uh, this time we have a familiar name behind the bench uh, somewhere in the AHL who is being honored uh, pretty nicely by a different league this week. Um, Former Montreal Canadiens assistant coach J.J. Daniel is currently one of the assistant coaches for the San Antonio Rampage. Uh, and he will be inducted into the QMJHL Hall of Fame uh, tomorrow as part of the league's 50th anniversary celebration. Pretty nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, the festivities apparently are going to highlight the top 50 players in the Q's history, players like Sidney Crosby, Ray Bork, uh, and so forth, and then Daniel and four other members of the 2019 QMJHL Hall of Fame class, uh, Francois Allaire, Stéphane Fissette, Bob Murray, and Mario Tremblay uh, are recognized, will be recognized um, as some of the best that the Q ever developed and will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Is, congratulations to J.J. Daniel, um, former, it's all these former names that we're familiar with here in Habs land. Uh, but let's talk briefly. We had uh, we mentioned the barbecue in a press box. You 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 mentioned that earlier. Uh, we were at the PPL Center in Allentown over the weekend, covering one of the four NCAA regional uh, tournaments that were happening. It was the Midwest Regional on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and as always, Rick, you know the NCAA always puts on a fantastic event. We covered this event last year as well. We've covered the Frozen Four before, um, and and the NCAA always does a great job. And uh, it was two really a couple of really tight games that we saw this weekend, but but very good hockey and and did some great scouting of some prospects. It's always a good chance to to get a look at. Um both uh, prospects that uh, who have already been drafted um, and those who are uh, draft eligible. Uh, we got to mm-hmm. see um, uh, some of each. Uh, uh, University of Minnesota Duluth, um, Quinnipiac, um, the um, Sun Devils from Arizona and Bowling Green Falcons were uh, in the Midwestern final and um, uh, it was uh, UMD that, uh, that emerged as the winner um, and is heading to uh, uh, Buffalo for the the Frozen Four final. And they are the defending champions, so this is a a great opportunity for them to go defend their title. Um, For our Flyers fans and listeners, you'll be interested in that uh, simply because Flyers prospect Noah Cates is part of that UMD team. Uh, He did a a great job. this weekend. Um, also, Rick, we, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, the, uh, the future watch issue of the hockey news is out. And uh, one of, one of Winnipeg's top prospects that they have listed is a, is a young man that you took uh, notice of and, and we're watching all weekend as well, who also plays for UMD. Well, um, University of Minnesota Duluth has a, an impressive blue line. Uh, three, mm-hmm. uh, three blue liners have been drafted already. Uh, Mikey Anderson uh, by the Los Angeles Kings, Scott Perunovich uh, from um, uh, St. Louis Blues, and um, as you mentioned from the Winnipeg Jets, uh, Dylan Sandberg. And it was Dylan Sandberg who really, um, if there was one player who really impressed me uh, uh, from the tournament, it was Dylan Sandberg. Um, he 
he looked uh, very, very good. Um, he's a, a player with good size, um, and he's added to his frame. He's uh, he's now listed at six four two twenty five uh, in his draft year, which was uh, twenty seventeen. He was one hundred ninety pounds, so he's he's added to his frame. Um, he's he's a second round pick, forty third over, overall in twenty seventeen, and uh, but he just plays a big, strong game. A physical game. Um, he's he's a good skater. He's a puck mover. Um, he's he's able to skate up the the puck up the ice, or or he has uh, the excellent ability to pass. Uh, but it's uh, his play in his own end. Um, just uh, he 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 steps up to the the blue line uh, in order to to separate attackers from the puck. And and there was a hit on. It was actually reviewed. There was a hit on um, mm-hmm. it was Alex Whalen from Quinnipiac, uh, who was just uh, separated from the puck at the blue line and almost his head. Um, it was a solid hit. Uh, yeah. After reviewed, uh, uh, it was completely legal. And it was a, a, a good check. But um, Dylan Sandberg is is going to be a good one for the uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I think during his draft year, his his hockey sense was was questioned, but uh, didn't quite. That's that's obviously improved because we didn't see any um, issues with that. He he, um, you know, he was pinching um, smartly in the offensive zone. He was making smart uh, plays, using his stick well, and he's got a heck of a shot. He's got a real heavy shot. So um, that's that's somebody that uh, certainly stood out for me, and and uh, uh, you might want to keep an eye on. Um, as uh, as one of those future prospects. As we always say, you know, it's these types of tournaments, uh, I'll echo what Rick just said, it's a great time to get an early look at recently drafted prospects or draft-eligible prospects. Uh, you don't want to miss the Frozen Four. It does take place in Buffalo uh, next weekend, not this coming weekend. Um, and it's going to be a really, really good um tournament it's it's going to be good hockey uh denver returns to the frozen four after winning it two years ago uh they will be up against uh umass the university of massachusetts who is making their first uh frozen four appearance that's going to be a tremendously good game um of course uh denver getting there by beating american international who was who made their uh postseason division one hockey debut this year and quite immediately took out first overall ranked St. Cloud State and Brian Paling and his brothers, which was probably the biggest upset of the tournament. That was um, a huge so upset. It was an uh, with St. Cloud upset. being ranked number one pretty well all season and certainly one, number one overall in this tournament. Um, mm-hmm. For them to do that, that was that was very impressive. They won two to one over St. Cloud and they actually let it two to nothing for quite a long time. St. Cloud finally got one back uh, in the third period, but they, they couldn't, they couldn't get another one. And uh, American international, quite a, quite a story for them. Uh, So Denver then went on to beat them. Uh, They shut them out three to nothing in the semifinals. Uh, So Denver will take on UMass. And then uh, as we've said, Minnesota Duluth uh, won the Midwest regional and they will take on Providence who beat Cornell four to nothing, shutting them out. Um, and they will take them on as well. So Denver, Mass- UMass, Providence, and Minnesota Duluth are your four teams who have advanced to the Frozen Four. Um, those They will play on uh, Thursday, April 11th, and then the championship game 
between the winner of those two games uh, will take place that Saturday, April 13th at Key Bank Center in Buffalo, New York. Uh, you can also watch it on ESPN2. Uh, so I highly recommend you check it out. It's great hockey and a great way to get a look at the future of some of your favorite teams. And you mentioned Noah Cates uh, playing on that mm-hmm. UMD team. Uh, Brett Stapley, um, a Canadians prospect on uh, the Denver team. So you got uh, oh, the Flyers, Noah Cates uh, for Minnesota Duluth and, and Brett Stapley for Denver. Perfect. Coming up this week, uh, we've already mentioned that uh, Laval's got two tough games hosting Cleveland at home at Place Bell uh, Wednesday and Friday. Those are going to be two two games that Cleveland's going to be scratching and clawing to get as many points as they can to get back in the playoffs. And then Saturday, they have one more visitor coming to town in the last home game of the season for Laval, and that will be against the Hershey Bears, uh, who are also on a hot streak uh, this second half of the season, and they're they're vying for positioning um, and, and seeding in their playoff position. So three, it's going to be three exciting games, good teams to watch. Um, we'll see how Laval is able to handle the three of them. Um, and on the Lehigh Valley Phantom side of things, um, they actually play tonight and tomorrow night in Charlotte. Uh, and then they play on Saturday at home against the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. That's, that could potentially be a big game as Lehigh Valley and Wilkes-Barre are, are right next to each other uh, trying to, to get their way uh, up into the standings a little bit. So some good games coming up ahead, and we'll have, we'll have lots of coverage for you at the AHL report. And it'll be interesting, in addition to, to uh, the results of the games, it'll be interesting to see uh, who gets into the lineup and, um, yeah. and whether – that's uh, that creates a story or not. I, and you know, it's a story that we will gladly tell next week. <laughs> uh, and as, as other, you know, as other things happen throughout the week, I have a feeling the transaction wire isn't going to quiet down anytime soon. So we'll see how things pan out. We'll bring you all of that information as well. Um, <clears throat> you can of course find us on Twitter at the AHL report. Always uh, you're welcome to always reach out to us there. You can find Rick on Twitter at AllHabs, and you'll want to follow him for all of the Canadians' coverage, particularly with them still hanging on to a hope of making it into the playoffs. They take on the Lightning tonight, so you can follow Rick at AllHabs for all of the live game action um, over there at AllHabs. And you can find me at Flyers Rule, where I'll have exciting things like, you know, pie poles, pencil poles, and things like that, in addition to uh, all sorts of coverage with the Laval Rocket uh, coming up this week in addition to twitter rick where else can folks find us out there in the social media parts of the world well the first stop is always ahl.report ahl.report mm. uh that's that's uh, the website which uh, you can find all sorts of of um certainly the recaps of games uh the uh podcast uh from the press box this pre- this uh, podcast as well as uh uh, Chris G has his uh, take five in all of the uh, um, notes that you, you might want have missed during the week. Um, and then for Canadians coverage, you go to allhabs.net, allhabs.net. And uh, there you can, you can find daily content um, on the Montreal Canadians. And you can also find uh, three other podcasts uh, that being Canadians connection, uh, 
Have a listen with Lewis and Gibby and um, the Habs Unfiltered podcast with Matt and Blaine. Um, and if you're you're um, you know on the move and and uh, uh, you have a favorite podcast app, um, just look for Rocket Sports Radio and subscribe to Rocket Sports Radio. You'll get all four podcasts: Canadians Connection from the Press Box, Have a Listen, and Habs Unfiltered. Excellent, because, you know, we've got a lot of great original content, whether it's on our websites, uh, you know, great interaction with fans on social media and uh, great original content with all four of our podcasts. So uh, be sure to follow along, join the conversation, interact with us. Our whole team uh, is, is here to speak with you. And of course, meet us right back here next Tuesday here at from the press box on the AHL report, we'll have all of the results of this week's games and uh, things that are happening uh, as we near the postseason for the 2018-19 AHL season. Uh, Rick, thanks so much for being here again this week. It was another. It was another good one. It was great. And uh, and we'll see what kind of snacks we have next week when we're back here. Yes, the, give us your snack box. suggestions. We need podcast-friendly snack suggestions. (laughs) Until then, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy your week of hockey as the Canadians uh, make a push for the playoffs, and we'll see you back here next week on From the Press Box. Till then, have a great week. And keep on wishing. Remember your dream is your only scheme. So keep on pushing.